it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, bringing you another big day of top-shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world. Check this out. Gavin Newsom. You know, the guy who turned California into the world's largest outdoor restroom. Gavin Newsom and high-level operatives in the Democratic Party now encouraging Joe Biden to get more venomous against the Republicans in fighting this little culture war, saying, you know, it's not enough to debate on the issues. You've got to get mad. My question in this moment, we're going to answer it. We've got Bill Hemmer coming up. We've got Ben Dominich coming up, your fine self. Welcome to call in as well. But my question is, they've already spent the last two years calling everyone who doesn't agree with them a white supremacist or a grandma murderer if you don't get vaccinated. Or now you're murdering women if you support the overturn of Roe versus Wade is where else can this go? Like we've already dialed it up to 11 to put it in spinal tap terms. I don't know where we can take it, but we'll try and find out at 888 888- Seven eight eight nine nine one zero, and you know the rule on this show, and this is very antithetical to what we're about to discuss. As I say every day, hey, if you really want to help the country, you really want to see us get ahead, you want to be a force multiplier of positive energy. I say it every day. I don't care who you vote for. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a. Well, the Democratic Party apparently the internal strategy as we launch the show here on a big Wednesday episode of the show is that they need to get out there and be a. Even more than they've already been a. This one fascinates me. Okay. It's. My mind is blown. Okay. Happy Wednesday. It's great to be here. I'm in a good mood, but I'm always in a good mood. So is that really an announcement? Not really. Okay. I'm a dog with a job. My tail is always wagging. You know, when you go to the airport and the dog's like, wow, I can't believe they're counting on me to save these planes. This is nuts. You know, I can't believe they're counting on me to save this show. This is insane. This is you'd have to be an actual crazy person to trust me with a nationally syndicated talk show host. I agree with that. So there you have it. But here is the internal discussion that's being had. And it's so crazy because if you remember thinking back, you know, I don't know, was it two, three years ago when they go low, we go high. Do you remember Michelle Obama? When they go low. We go high. That is a fact check false. It's not even close. I mean, they have spent, again, the last two years, and if you want to tack on the Trump administration, the last six years, saying anyone who doesn't agree with me is Hitler. You know, everybody out there who doesn't support, you know, you want voter ID laws. Remember voter ID laws in Georgia? Georgia's early voting is up 220%. But the law under which they're voting was referred to by Joe Biden, again, as Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia. Never mind that he was saying that about a state that had 17 more days of early voting than his home state of Delaware. That's just how white folks will do you. Think about that. Down in Georgia, they're worse than Jim Crow. 
Meanwhile, back at the ranch, his state, 17 less days of early voting. In fact, they don't have any early voting. So when you start to hear this internal calculation amongst the Democrats that, ah, Republicans, they're just so mean. What are we talking about here? What the Republicans have done to their credit, and this is where I'm cautiously optimistic for the country, I do expect the Republicans to win everything in the midterms. That being said, still politicians, and most politicians would rather run on issues than solve them. Most politicians would rather fundraise on issues than solve them. 99% of the time when a politician opens their mouth, what they're really saying to you is, Please give us money. That's most of the time. Okay, that being said, the Republicans are poised to win in the midterms because they have had the idea debate. They have had the, the, a plan for the idea battle. The Democrats have not. The Democrats have gotten spoiled in the age of identity politics of making issues go away just by calling people bad names. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. But I want you to listen to this because it's fascinating. Unnamed Democratic strategist told The Hill, this is a time to say we've had enough. Republicans are taking away every freedom we've had, and we're full of rage. This isn't the time to say we're the honorable party, because it's clearly not working. Come on, don't bullshit me. Dude, they haven't been the honorable party, first and foremost. Uh, There's nothing honorable about fraudulently advancing a Russian collusion narrative that cut the country in half based on nothing more than your own opposition research. The Mueller probe was designed by the Clinton campaign to be a counter-narrative to her email scandals. But bigger than that, it was designed to get Trump to self-destruct, fire Robert Mueller, create the perception that there's a there there, and get him dragged out of the White House so he didn't serve his term. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Understand, everybody that was part of the Mueller probe at its inception, we're talking about James Comey, okay, those people— Knew going in, Adam Schiff, they knew going in there was no collusion. So was it honorable to do that to the country for three years knowing you had nothing? The answer would be no. How about defund the police? We don't have any stats that say the cops are disproportionately shooting unarmed black men more than they're shooting unarmed white men. When there's an altercation between someone who's unarmed and a police officer, do you have any stats say the cops are actually targeting the black community? The answer would be no. Of course not. So is it honorable to get out there and spend a year yelling to defund the police? The answer would be no. Oh, I don't know. How about it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated? If you don't get vaccinated, you're going to kill my grandma. Now we've come to find out that vaccinated people are getting COVID left and right. Ergo... They are spreading the disease whether they're vaccinated or not. Boosted people are getting COVID more than anybody out there. So was it honorable to blame the pandemic on the people who weren't vaccinated? The answer would be no. How about, oh, I don't know, firing people from their jobs over a vaccine mandate that you yourself said you didn't support? No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. But- Perhaps 
the federal government should step in and issue mandates? And if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. Um, that is the role that institutions, private sector entities, uh, and others may take. That certainly is appropriate. Also, local communities uh, are going to take uh, steps they need to take. I don't think you'll ever see a mandating of vaccine, particularly for the general public. So think about that. Knowing everyone at the top of this administration said we don't support a vaccine mandate, was it honorable to turn around and start firing frontline health care workers? The answer would be no. So when you hear Democratic operatives telling you, oh, no, it's we're done being the honorable party. You're out there telling us right now that we want to kill women. AOC is saying it's fine to chase Supreme Court justices out of a restaurant because 50 percent of this country is going to die if they get an ectopic pregnancy that the Republicans won't treat. You're not telling me the truth. Okay, it is illegal not to treat an ectopic pregnancy. An ectopic pregnancy is when a baby is is formed outside of the uterus and carrying it to term would kill the mother. All 50 states treat the pregnancy. All 50. So they're out there advancing these falsehoods trying to convince people that the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade banned abortion, when in fact abortion is going to be as legal as it ever was in every blue state in the country. That's just reality. So is it honorable to be out there telling women they're under attack? The answer would be no. Is it honorable to chase a SCOTUS justice or pick it outside their kid's school as a way of saying, we know where you live? The answer would be no. But this is the statement the Democrats put forth. We've had enough. Republicans are taking away every freedom. Really? What freedom? What freedom has been taken away in this country? Oh, other than the freedom to go to work if you don't have a vaccine. Other than the freedom to go to school if you don't wear a mask or if you're not vaccinated. People have lost freedoms, all right, but they've lost them under Democratic leaderships. Not the Republicans that kept schools closed for nearly two years in Democratic-run states. Your freedom to go get an education your freedom to not have your kid harmed by bureaucratic overreach, that was taken away by Democrats. So when they're saying stuff like this, it's a classic exercise in projection, but you got to understand. I'll give you another one. Here's Bill Neidhart, progressive operative, worked on messaging strategy for Vermont Independent Senator Bernie Sanders. Remember that jackass? Bernie Sanders. Democrats should be savaging Republicans for destroying people's lives. I mean... Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. How are Republicans destroying people's lives? I ask you, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, has more people moving to his Republican state than any other state in this country. Would people be moving to Florida... In overwhelming numbers, if government was destroying their lives there? The answer would be no. They're doing the opposite. They're getting the hell out of the way. No vaccine mandate. No mask mandate. No school closures. No store closures. No church closures. You know what that's called, what Ron DeSantis is actually giving people, what most Republicans are actually giving people? It's called freedom! People want freedom. Okay, the Democrats want government dependency. So in their worldview, anyone who's not forcing the government down your throat is destroying your life. That's the plan. That's what they do. This is going on. You need to know this because this is what the next season of America is going to look like. 
The next season of America is Democrats think they're not destroying Republicans enough. That's what they want to do. They don't want to talk inflation because they don't have an answer. They don't want to talk gas prices because they don't have an answer. They want to talk about border security because they're not interested in it. Again, at a time when we're getting ready to reimpose COVID mandates on school kids, we're going to talk about that in this hour. San Diego leading the charge out in California. They're going to mask up the children again. Think about that. Okay, the leading killer for Americans between the ages of 18 and 45 in this country is fentanyl crossing our southern border. Is anyone anywhere in the media discussing fentanyl anywhere tonight? The answer would be no. Of course not, because it's a liability to the Democratic Party. And you need to know that every one of these people talking internally about, we got to take the fight to Republicans. They're destroying our freedoms. They're not listening to themselves. They don't know how crazy and out of touch that is with reality. But they don't care about reality. They care about power. Bingo. And power. The ends always justifies the means to somebody so desperate for it. Remember, they told you in the summer of 2020 when they were burning down hundreds of black-owned businesses in the near north of Minneapolis, torching police stations, looting stores, what, what, what looked like a full-on societal collapse, they told you that was a good thing. Not that it was a good thing. And the reason they thought it was a good thing, because it was political passion from the left. Never mind that your store's destroyed, your livelihood, your family business you spent 50 years building up is gone. Never mind that, oh, well, they say, oh, people have insurance. Yeah, sure they do. But I got to be honest with you. People don't shop where they don't feel safe. So if looters and rioters burnt your business to the ground, odds are you might get one guy who wants to reopen in that neighborhood. But most people won't. Okay, Minneapolis in the near north still has burnt out businesses from the Hubert Humphrey era, okay, going back to the late 60s. When the news cameras leave, the poverty stays, which means the violence, the urban blight, it continues once the political movement has moved on. The dog keeps barking, but the circus leaves town. And the Democrats don't care about the carnage they leave behind because they just want power. This is a means to power. You know, when you hear a professor at Boston University Toby Berkowitz tells The Hill there are several problems with the Democratic attack dog strategy, the foremost being Biden is ineffective when he uses an angry and combative tone. When his temper comes through, his message gets stepped on. So what they're saying is the facts aren't on the Republican Party's side, but they're dominating there. And in this world right now, you dominate the narrative, you win. Oh, that's Gavin Newsom. Remember that, jackass? The facts aren't on their side. Dude, the facts are all over our side. Gavin Newsom is running ads in Florida right now telling Floridians that their freedoms are under attack. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. This is the guy bringing back an indoor mask mandate in, in L.A. County. L.A. County has had three COVID deaths this month in a population of 10 million. And Gavin Newsom is bringing back a mask mandate. In the same sentence, he's telling Floridians their freedoms are under attack. Okay, Democrats don't need a new plan for fighting. What every Democrat in Washington who believes this needs is a mirror. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. And now, great moments in presidential history. The only thing we have to say. 
Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. I am, uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. Another powerful moment on the stump by Joe Biden. May- I mean, come on. The nerve of these people in the Democratic Party like Gavin Newsom saying, we got to get more aggressive. Biden's got to go harder. Come on, man. The last time he tried to go hard, he fell off his bicycle. It's all so silly. Uh, Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Such a busy day today. Crowded dance card. Bill Hammer's going to be here. He's the co-host of America's Newsroom. Battle and Ben Dominich is going to be here. Co-founder of The Federalist will also talk to Hannah Cox a little bit later in the day about all of this ridiculousness. But if you missed the top of the show, how dare you, by the way? I'm going full Greta Thornburg. How dare you? But if you missed the top of the show, the Democratic message in this moment is that they're not going hard enough with their attacks on Republicans. You know, the people who said anybody who doesn't support our Voting Rights Act is Jim Crow on steroids. (laughs) This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, so get mad at them. Or Florida governors are gambling with the lives of children by not forcing them to mask up and get vaccinated. It's Neanderthal thinking for Greg Abbott to reopen Texas. Apparently they want us to start, I don't know, they want the Democrats to start like throwing rocks at us. I don't know. This is crazy. Okay, but you don't want to do anything that leads to more arrests because we're already out of handcuffs. I don't know if you saw, but Democratic congresswomen like AOC are walking around in invisible handcuffs. AOC is a dope. Folks, there has never been a dumber time to cover politics than right now. It is so fascinating. As the guy who sits here every day and tells you, nobody ever copied off me in a test. That's the one thing I haven't seen. I've seen mariachi bands fist fight in the back of a taxi. He's glorious. Trumpet player swinging through the partition. The guy behind him. Pretty wild stuff. I've met time travelers in a taxi. I've seen all kinds of wow. I saw a food fight in a strip club once. When people get hit by the food, they're horrified. You don't know what you're getting. You don't know what's in those sternos. I've seen the Yankees win the World Series a couple of times. I've seen a child be born. I've seen weird stuff. I once saw a guy at a red light get rear-ended, trunk flies open. There's a guy in the back of the trunk, literally bound and gagged, and the cops arrest him in front of Grand Central. I have seen things. Sunday night is disco night in New York City. Did you know that? Which means Monday morning when you go to buy a cab, pick up your taxi outside the garage, half of Chelsea's having sex on the hood of your taxi. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But the point is, the one thing I've never seen, ever, is someone trying to copy off me on a test. I've never seen it. I've never seen somebody be like, can you get out of the way, Jimbo? I want your answers. Because I am not doing the valedictorian radio hour. But right now, things have gotten so stupid in Washington That even I sound smart talking about it because we're being run into the ground by a bunch of morons. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just they're not respecting our country the way they used to.
All the kids have to wear them in school. They don't care if you look like a fool. Man, it seems like a stupid rule. But what do you expect from Joe Biden? It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and there's a song we never thought we'd play again on this show. But the masks are coming back to town. What the hell is the world coming to? I mean an end if people don't start standing up, especially for their kids. Now, if you remember last year, towards the very end of the school year, I told you about a phenomenon in my life that was a really big deal to me. It was that Lincoln Fallon's class, Lincoln Fallon's school, for the first time in his middle school career, the schools in our district were finally able to take off their masks. Well, here we are. We're not even four months past it, and now we're receiving word that out in San Diego, they're going to bring back indoor mask use. Yo, I'm telling you this as a parent. I'm not speaking to you as a political talk show host. Some Fox News guy who doesn't care. He's just out there yelling and screaming and making hay. Fox News is the devil. Gosh, all the people who think that, you're just so stupid. Just so intellectually lazy. How about listen to the points that I'm trying to make here as a parent who cares about the well-being of our kids. We don't have a single solitary study, not one, that tells us masking kids serves them any health benefit whatsoever. Do we have one? We haven't heard about it in the two years of masking them. Can we see it? Put up or shut up. Okay, we don't have one. And if you remember when the CDC, when Miguel Cardona got out there and told us straight up while we were, you know, continuing with mask mandates for kids, the only study they could cite, remember this, this is very important, The only study they could cite did not have a control group. So what they did was they studied kids wearing masks and they studied their rate of COVID transmission versus the adult community. Why does that matter? Because we know kids, thankfully, by the grace of God, are getting COVID a lot less often than adults are. We know kids, thankfully, by the grace of God, are faring infinitely better against COVID, 99.999% of the children who get COVID aren't even going to be hospitalized for it. Again, thank God. I'm not here to take risks with your children. I'm not making statements because I don't care and, you know, the right sees it one way, so I've just got to, you know, double down on whatever they want because we got to beat the left. The left is not my enemy. If you're listening to the show for the first time, you're not my enemy, okay? Whether you agree with me or not, we're Americans. My team is not the Republican Party. My team is America, okay? And right now, America's kids, America's kids are getting screwed. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Because we have no data, none, that shows us masking kids lowers the rate of transmission. But we have plenty of data, tons of it anyway, that shows us that kids being masked is inhibiting their learning. It's inhibiting their social development. Do you understand? It's denying them the ability to connect with a teacher in the classroom because he can't tell if they're smiling or if they're scowling. Okay, all of those little things that make life life. Someone's smiling at you. 
someone making a face, someone whispering something to you, you know, someone pantomiming something. These things can't be done with a mask on, okay? And that mask is not offering them any type of a health benefit. We don't have a study. Believe me, if we did, be everywhere. It's like when the Democrats argue voter suppression. Remember Stacey Abrams? Oh, it's voter suppression. Stacey Abrams is full of But understand, we don't have, for everyone yelling voter suppression in this country, we don't have a single case, not one, of a person who was legally registered to vote and was told that they couldn't. And understand, if we had that case, yo, it would be everywhere. And the suppression. When's it going to stop? Come on. This is Jim Crow on steroids. You know, remember Biden? This is Jim Crow on steroids. (laughs) Come on, man. It's madness. Okay. And the same thing goes for the kids. If they had a study saying the masks help the kids, it would be everywhere. Okay. But understand, it's not out there. We also have plenty of studies showing that masks have harmed the kids. They're also not really out there. Why? Because they don't want you to see them in the media. The media is a bunch of losers. It is more important for teachers unions, which is the strongest lobbying arm of the Democratic Party. It is more important for their party as a whole to maintain their grip on power and control over your lives than it is to prioritize the well-being of the kids. Understand, the kids don't have a lobbyist group. Okay, the teachers have the teachers' unions. They're the most powerful thing in Washington. The kids have the parents that show up to school board meetings and get labeled domestic terrorists, but they really don't actually have anyone serving their interests in Washington or in anywhere else in the country for that matter. Let me read you this. The San Diego Unified School District, their board, okay, he's catching heat, but he's saying that any student who doesn't wear a mask in schools should be forced to participate in class over on Zoom. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Okay, they're saying that the indoor mask mandate right now, it is in place until the end of summer school for starters. So summer school is going on in San Diego. Understand this, okay? Summer school. The kids who didn't learn enough this year are now being forced forced to put on a mask that multiple studies have shown inhibit their learning which means they're going to learn even less in summer school. I love the poorly educated. Really think about that, okay? Their president, a woman by the name of Darren, Dr. Sharon Whitehurst Payne, she was asked by Good Evening San Diego, uh, you know, what should we do? Parents and students don't want to wear, wear a mask indoors. Are there any options for them? She responded, they can go to our school that's online. They can opt not to return to the regular school, but to go to the school where they don't have to go to school at all other than via Zoom. Obviously, parents were unhappy about this. Obviously, all parents should be unhappy about this. Again, I am not speaking to you as someone who doesn't care what happens to your kid. Okay, my kid comes on the show all the time. I can't sit here. That's why I get all hopped up about late-term abortion. Okay, I told you how magnificent it was to hold a newborn child in my hands, how awestruck and dumbstruck and humbling it was. Under the democratic worldview, that kid who changed my world by appearing before me in my hands could have been aborted the day before. That's not right. Yo, that's not right. I'm speaking to you as a human. I'm speaking to you as a human being. Okay, the Democrats try to frame the indoor mask mandate as what? Well, anybody who opposes it doesn't care about the kids. And that might be convenient messaging for them, but let's really think long and hard about this. It's no different than the vaccine. If you don't have any data that shows the vaccine is lowering transmission rates, if you don't have any data that says the vaccine is lowering a kid's 
chances of getting it, suffering long-term damage, being hospitalized. If you don't have any data on that, but you're still forcing it on a kid, you are the one being cavalier with their health. Do you understand? You're the one saying, let's just do it. No, come on. Throw the fastball. Balls to the wall. Can you say balls to the wall in the air? I don't even know if you can. But the point is, <laughs> getting dragged in, getting dragged down to HR, they're going to put the shock collar back on now from the other day. That's never good. Ow! But the point is, you're not the bad guy for asking these questions. You're also not the guy who doesn't care about the kids for asking these questions. Okay, you're the guy, you're the gal, you're the they, you're the them, whatever it, ha- whatever it happens to be. This, this could go on for three years. That's why they don't have sing-alongs anymore. Used to be just the boys, just the girls. Now it's just the non-binary, cisgender, <laughs> just the theys, just the they. You know, it'd go on for months. The piano player's exhausted, his fingers are bleeding. He can't keep yelling out each individual class of gender. It's crazy. But the point is, when you voice concern with something like this, you're the one who actually cares about the kid. Because over and over and over again, okay, there is no evidence. And believe me, if they had it, you'd see it. But there is no evidence, which brings me to the second point here. The American Federation of Teachers, this is a great one, they commissioned a poll from Heart Research Associates asking the question of parents in general, do you have more confidence in the Democrats or the Republicans to deal with education issues? Now, you understand the American Federation of Teachers, very pro-teacher, which means they lead wildly, wildly to the left. Well, the study they conducted gave Republicans the edge on education. <laughs> understand, it's talking about one of the largest teachers unions in the country. And this is the thing they keep misreading the tea leaves on. Like the Democrats really did have a good monopoly when it came to education because they do have the teachers unions. And it was an issue by and large that they kind of held in their corner. But what happened, you know, partly because of the lockdown, you know, and mostly really when you just look at just the brazen indifference to how these things have affected kids, they took education from a political issue and they just turned it into a human issue. Meaning Republicans always cared what was going on in schools. But again, the unions were overwhelmingly liberal. But when Republicans started to see what was getting taught in classrooms during the lockdowns, they realized, you know, we're in a global economy. If your kid's going to compete for a job in a global economy, he needs math and science. He doesn't need to play duck, duck, non-binary goose. Okay, CRT does not help your kid get a job because he learned in kindergarten how to play pin the tail on the racist. Okay, that's not an actual employable skill unless you're looking for an HR gig somewhere. But the point being is they lost this this education issue because they took the issue away from the children and they put it back into a position of, well, how does this help us politically? How does this help the union? How does this help the Democratic Party as a whole? And that's where you get these crazy Miguel Cardona testimonials where you got a guy basically admitting, yeah, we have no evidence that masking the kids works. You know, that's where you get these moments on Capitol Hill where Fauci is being grilled. And he flat out admits, yeah, no, we have no evidence that boosting kids is actually going to help them. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. You know what else we don't have evidence of, if you remember this? It's really kind of disgusting, man. And I'm just telling you because I care. Okay, Fauci testified under oath. Under oath, he was asked, can you tell us whether any of the members of the panel recommending this vaccination for children are getting a kickback from the pharmaceutical companies? 
what did he respond with? He said, well, you know, because of this law, this 1978 piece of legislation, I don't have to answer that question. He should be behind bars. Really think about it. I don't have to answer that question. Now, understand, if you're pushing a vaccine on kids, specifically a booster, with no answer as to whether or not it benefits them or this thing was thoroughly vetted, obviously getting a kickback from one of these companies would look really disingenuous. It would really look disgusting. You'd really want to distance yourself from it because of how bad that looks on you as a human being, which means if the answer to that question was no, he's allowed to tell you one way or the other whether or not he's getting a kickback. The law just says if he doesn't want to, he doesn't have to. Now, understand, okay, if something that disgusting is hanging over your character and you can easily distance yourself from it from saying no, you absolutely would if the answer was no. But seeing as you're sitting there under the penalty of perjury, okay, and if you answer no and we do in fact find out that you are getting those kickbacks, that you are getting paid, then you've put yourself in a legal predicament. Which means when Fauci says, I don't have to tell you, what he's really saying is, we're getting paid all kinds of money, girl. <laughs> it's bananas. Okay, we'll debate vaccines. You'll debate vet masks. They'll debate everything in Washington. Kickbacks, where they're going to buy their next vacation home in Aspen with all that pharmaceutical dough. I get it. I've read the Rob report. Ferraris are nice. Okay, all those fantastic beachfront properties that all the people are buying after they yell at you about climate change. That's my favorite Obama thing in the world. The sea levels are rising. I can see them from the lounge chair I just sat down in and had a Mai Tai with at my new beachfront mansion. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. It's crazy. But the point is the one thing nobody is debating. Just understand this as they get ready to strap up your kid on either ear and send them back into a classroom. The one thing they're not debating is whether or not it's good for your kid. There's more dumb mandates from this Fauci clown. He said to vaccinate. We did it right away. I think his brain is putty because his new stupid rule masks every kid in the state. The show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910. Bill Hemmer joining us in the next hour. Battle and Ben Dominic joining us in the next hour. And you, of course, always welcome... 
be it by phone call, tweet, carrier pigeon, smoke signal if you're Elizabeth Warren. I don't care. It's an all-skate on this show. Do anything you want to do, uh, including watch me. I will be on America Reports at the end of today's show. I'll be on Kennedy tomorrow night. Friday, you will see me on The Gutfeld Show with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. That's going to be a wild one. And if that's not enough fail vision for you, got a lot of stand-up stuff. We're taking the show on the road. Uh, August 19th, we'll be at the Encore out in the Lake of the Ozarks. You can get tickets for that at Ticketmaster.com. August 26th and 27th. Hey, girl, we are back at the Carson Comedy Club at the Carson Nugget. Tickets for that at ccnugget.com. We have just confirmed that October 15th we will be at the Bridgeview Center out in Ottumwa, Iowa. You go to Iowa, everybody's like, this guy's running for president. You know, every time somebody flies to Iowa, they're like, he's running. They see me, they're like, oh, he's just here to eat the butter cow. I can tell. Just look at the guy. I can tell I can tell from looking at the guy. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f- look at you. November 5th, we will be at the Red Rock Resort. That is out in Las Vegas. That's going to be a wild one. We're adding a lot of dates between now and then. So if I'm not in your market, contact your station. Reach out to me directly because we want to take the show on the road. We want people to kind of get to hang in this element. Like if you went to uh, any of the other events we've done so far this spring, they're all packed, but they're all cool because everybody gets it. You know, none of us are showing up trying to run the world. I'm not chasing anybody out of a restaurant. Just, you know, we're pretty low-key people. And I want you to know you're a part of something like that because that's kind of our superpowers, the fact that we don't have one. And uh, that will be, unless you count the open bar, because myself and my producer, there are some bad things going on. I can't really comment on half of them. We've signed several non-disclosures between Tampa and Vermont, so I'm probably just going to take it to a commercial break. But stick around. You got Bill Hammer, you got Ben Dominich, and your fine self when we come back. Right here on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. The high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Fired up to bring you an embarrassment of Radio Riches in this hour. Bill Hemmer's going to be here. He is the co-host of America's newsroom. It doesn't get any more high society than that in the world of cable news. But wait, there's more. Battling Ben Dominich is going to bat leadoff. He's a co-founder of The Federalist, the publisher of the Transom Newsletter, a Fox News contributor. Two guys who love the country and love calling balls and strikes. That's the whole hook of the show. You hear a lot about politics. You hear a lot about issues. But what we're really doing on this show is sports talk radio. I'll tell you who's winning I'll tell you who's losing. I'll tell you why. Right now, all of America is losing because Joe Biden won the election. Tell them like it is. Okay. At a time when gas prices, they're down. I want to give them credit for this. They're down 20, 30 cents. But understand, when gas prices were soaring, and again, they're still $2 higher than they were a year ago. So it's not like you're in a good place with gas. You're still paying $2 more than you were. That's not a good thing. But what I'm so fascinated by is as gas prices were going up, we were told what? Oh, it's Putin's price hike. It's MAGA's price hike. But the minute gas prices drop 20 cents, we get told, oh, no, no, this is all the president. The president has uh, everything to do with this. (laughs) We're the ones who drove down the prices is what we did. You were lying your ass off. Again, if the president isn't responsible when prices go up, he can't be responsible when prices are coming down. That's true. That is true. But if you want more truth. 
the president was responsible when prices went up because they were going up for 14 straight months before Putin invaded Ukraine. Why? Because we declared war on our fossil fuel industry with the point being this administration wants to transition to green energy. I'm not against green energy. If it works, if it's sustainable, if we had the capacity within the country to make that switch, so be it. We'll pretend we're going to save the world. But right now, we're not doing that. In fact, we're causing more pollution because in producing less oil here, where we burn it 42% cleaner, and outsourcing the job to other parts of the world who pollute more than we do, and then tacking on fuel just to get the fuel here, nobody is cutting pollution. Not even close. No, if anything, they're increasing pollution because we're now using fuel to get fuel here. Weapons-grade stupidity. But the Biden administration, the internal debate in this hour is what? We, we need the president to declare a climate emergency. And I always laugh at this one because I'm not a guy who doesn't care about the country. I'm not a guy who doesn't care about the planet. But the oldest joke in the world is that the weatherman doesn't know what the weather's going to be tomorrow. It's the oldest joke in the world. You should be a weatherman. You'd be wrong all the time. Still keep your job. <laughs> okay, but understand, in a world where we know the weatherman is going to get it wrong tomorrow 82% of the time, they want us to believe the weatherman knows what the weather's going to be 50 years from now. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. They have no idea. Okay, but getting past that, the reason I don't take it seriously, if you want to get to a nuts and bolts, is because none of them take it seriously. We've got a report out today right now on foxnews.com. John Kerry, your climate czar. The guy who keeps pushing for a transition to green energy. The guy who keeps telling you, oh, we got to shrink our carbon footprint. That's what we got to do. John Kerry's private jet, according to this report, emitted more than 300 metric tons of carbon dioxide since he became the climate czar. What a fraud. Really think about that. 300 metric tons of carbon dioxide. I don't even know what that means. I just know that the comparison between him and you, okay, is that this jet has made 48 trips lasting more than 60 hours. It's released on the whole. 715,886 pounds of carbon dioxide since Biden entered the White House in 2021. The number is that that is 24 times bigger than flying commercial. 24 times bigger. So the guy who's in charge of fighting the environment, of yelling at you to reduce your carbon footprint, that guy has expanded his own 24 times over. Democrats are so full of crap. But here you go, because they're flat out telling you as we try to push to electric vehicles, you know, the pain is the point. Here's Pete Booty Judge saying, oh, more pain at the pump means more benefits for EV owners. Listen to Mayor Pete, clip one. Is the Biden administration um, actively pursuing high energy prices in order to force Americans into electric vehicles? Of course not. The more pain we are all experiencing from the high price of gas the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. I mean, come on. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. I really want you to think about the snickering indifference to people who are suffering in real time. Again, I speak to you today as a former cab driver, maybe even a future one, the way my show's been going this week. You never know. But people are getting annihilated who can't pay for gas. And the money quote he gives you here is the more pain we're all experiencing from the high price of gas, 
the more benefit there is for those of us who can access electric vehicles. So basically, glad I'm not you is what he's saying. Well, glad I'm not you. Those of us who can afford, I have to update my reporting here because I keep telling you $50,000 is the average cost of an electric vehicle. It's actually $66,000. We covered this on America's Newsroom Monday. You can see the hit on the Fox Across America Facebook page. $66,000 is the average cost of a new electric vehicle. Now, if you don't have 5 bucks for gas, I promise you don't have 66000 bucks for a new car. So the solution they keep offering is not a real solution to the problem. It's a pretend solution. Never mind that he's flat out telling you, I don't care. The more these people get screwed, the better off we feel with our electric vehicles. Am I right? People who have an extra 66000 laying around? It's disgusting is what it is. And it's why they're in the position that they are, polling as low as they are, is they're trying to weaponize your suffering for their own political gain. But their agenda is not your personal agenda. I've told you this story before. We've all been a guy in a long-term relationship that's decided he wants to get a little something-something when the missus gets home. So that's your agenda. But she comes home and it's clearly not hers. I had a bad day. I broke a heel on the train. My boss is a jerk. My stomach hurts. I think I twisted my ankle running up the stairs. And the guy's like, well, I know what you need. (laughs) I know what will fix this. Back up, you creep. Okay. And you sound like an idiot because your agenda is not aligned with hers in that moment. We've all been that guy. That's the Democrats. Hey, I don't have five bucks. I'm so broke because of inflation and gas. Well, I know what you need. You need an electric car. That's what they're doing. And they're trying to force it on you by telling you this is a national security issue. Oh, you don't understand climate change. Our security is in jeopardy. Listen to this. It's clip six. Climate change is a national security uh, issue. Um, Geez, Jeff, I mean, not only does it affect our infrastructure, and you're already starting to see military bases like Norfolk Naval Base having to invest millions of dollars uh, to try to improve their infrastructure because of rising sea levels. Um, so it has an impact on our infrastructure. It has an impact on our readiness because uh, you, and you're seeing it now, even in the wildfires, uh, where, where so many National Guardsmen are being called out, and, and, and uh, God love them for that, but they're, those are important tasks and missions but it takes away from other tasks and missions when it comes to defending the United States. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? Okay, first of all, so what is the argument he's making here is, well, the wildfires. You know, the wildfires that are happening, that's creating a national security issue because guys who could be protecting the country are now forcing to force to fight wildfires. Okay, I'm with you so far. That's I don't want that to happen. We do need guys protecting the country. Except there's one key caveat being mentioned here is nobody has any proof that the wildfires are the result of climate change. Oh, wow. Oh, the wild. You see how he just conveniently groups that together Well, we got all these wildfires, wildfires. But what's causing the wildfires? Okay. People who are familiar with the issue who are listening out in California will tell you that they're not doing an adequate job on the front end of clearing brush and stuff of that nature, combating the dryness. They are, in fact, dealing with water shortages from time to time. But a lot of the problems we're running into in California are actually caused by their energy policies and not the climate. But again, there he goes. He's also telling you climate change is responsible for the fighting in Syria. Clip seven. And then lastly, it's a driver of actual missions. 
because uh, climate change uh, creates uh, instability, which creates insecurity in some places, and you can end up, the, the, the fighting in Syria uh, started really as a result of a drought. Um, and so there's, uh, there's a, it, it can actually drive military missions and, and, and force the military to become involved in places and at times uh, where they wouldn't have had, had to otherwise. Shut up, will you shut up? I mean, that's, listen, come on, man. Oh, Syria. No, they're going to war over climate change. This is no different than when Kamala Harris told you the root causes of illegal immigration was climate change. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. <laughs> John Kirby's not much better in this instance because you can't take him seriously. This is a guy that's supposed to be, you know, briefing you from the White House. But this is a guy who only knows how to do one thing, which is to push the agenda. So all they're really saying is in any of this, whether it's climate change or forest fires or wars in Syria, they're just saying, I know what you need. It's the rock band that's being forced on the public. Joe Biden presents the electric cars. Charge all night, drive all day. The government won't let you have a say. Charge it up. Charge it up. An album that will leave you feeling totally plugged in. She won't start again. And I have to call the Tesla guy. I'm gonna she won't start again. The electric cars. Sure, they're way too expensive. But pretending to save the world is never cheap. Listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The commissar is in town, according to the band, anyway. I don't know if you know that band, but you know everything else, so why, why limit your breadth of knowledge? Ben Dominich is in the house. It's kind of a big deal. I'm at a loss of words. Can you tell? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, it's good to be with you, Jimmy. It's, you always, it's always fun to be able to uh, come on with you, and especially on a, on a day with uh, a news cycle that is this stupid. It's so dumb right now. Yes. I was All right, so I was saying this earlier in the show because I'm not doing the valedictorian radio hour. Mm-hmm. But when I look out at a world of, like, invisible handcuffs, I feel like I could be. You know, it, here's the thing. I, I've never actually done uh, live-action role play that involved, you know, the use of, like, uh, of knight and armor, you know, stuff <laughs> or, or cardboard <laughs> swords or something like that. At least I don't think I've done it since I was six years old or something like that. Uh, but that was some really impressive – live action role play there for about three seconds and then they forgot that, that what they were doing and they raised their hands up and, and it just it just i mean you gotta have more dedication to the bit you know i mean they're like look if you're sitting around a table and you're playing with uh, a bunch of figurines like you've got on your uh, radio desk here jimmy uh and you're you know trying to say you know my hobbit does this and your elf does that mm-hmm. you you've got to really you know get into it and, and from my perspective this is just an indictment of their inability to role play effectively <laughs> uh and and look you know i know that they want to distract us from the fact that 
they have done such a terrible job of mm-hmm. responding to this moment. But the truth is that the Democrats from the White House on down, they don't know what to do with this situation. They don't. That's a great because, point. Because all they want to do, all they really can offer is to say, well, maybe we can throw some money here or there and, and, and say, uh, you know, uh, entertain the idea of uh, opening abortion clinics in Yellowstone <laughs> or something like that. It's just none of it's going to work. And, and they really are frustrated by it. Uh, and so what you end up with is invisible handcuffs. <laughs> That's true because it's not the needle mover they thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, they they want it. They wanted to change the conversation mm-hmm. about this cycle mm-hmm. into a conversation about well, Republicans are extremists on on abortion and on guns, uh, and uh, and they're racist and they're sexist and they're homophobes and they're misogynists, et cetera. And it's just not working because people, you know, look at their uh, bottom line and they say. You know what? I think I think you're trying to distract me. Yeah. They see through that play, and and I don't think that that's going to change in time for them to have any kind of different result in November. I agree 100 percent, and they've just misrepresented the situation. Because here's the funny thing is everyone who left there in handcuffs, air quote, mm-hmm. is going home to a state whose abortion laws aren't going to change. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're going to have an app by the time this is done. Oh, Lord. Which is disgusting, and <laughs> I, I agree with you there. But I think that's the bigger problem we have is I, I think, you know, people don't listen to themselves anymore, specifically on the left. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they realized what they were selling Yeah. in that, you know, women are going to be under attack. You're not going to be able to get an abortion. And, and they misrepresented what the overturning of Roe meant. Yes. And that's why they're stuck holding this bag. Well, and you could almost tell, you know, from the get-go that they were uh, – they, they were kind of coming to grips with that realization when you when you started to hear the the rhetoric coming out of them that basically said, uh, you know, oh, well, you're going to lose all these other rights, too. This yeah. isn't just about this. Uh, and I think that what that shows is that for years, the media was basically lying to us with the polling that they ran about mm-hmm. Roe mm-hmm. because people didn't even understand the questions they were being yep. asked. Um, and in reality, what we're going to end up with, you know, is going to look – it's going to be – a lot more like Europe. They're going to have different rules in different states. You know, you're going to have, uh, you know, a, a, a coming together of different groups across the country. And one of the things that they're really running into, and the New York Times obviously had a piece on this just the other day, is a challenge in using the abortion issue to try to activate black voters. Yeah. You know, they found that basically the black electorate and, and people who are um, – who particularly people who are churchgoing – you know they're not motivated on this issue yeah. the way that they thought they would be. Uh, and look, if you turn your party into one that basically just caters to the priorities and opinions of white suburban that's Chardonnay moms, then is. you are going to end up with a party that's just <laughs> very out of touch with uh, the the electorate at large and is just sort of uh, befuddled that. Why are all these black and Hispanic people not my friends on these issues? And it's like, well, maybe you're not listening to them. Oh, it's and, so and true. That's, and that's such a big deal. I think, you know, Republicans and conservatives should understand they're not winning these voters necessarily because they have such a great message. Mm-hmm. It's that the message of the left has been so bad yeah. for so long and that especially when it comes to the education side of things, COVID allowed that message to be heard loud and clear by so many people who are in factions that Republicans had been trying to do outreach to for a long time. And it turned out the best form of outreach they could possibly do was Randy Weingarten and the teachers unions basically saying, you don't own your kids. We own your kids (laughs) and we're going to do with them what we will.
But it's a good point, too, that they're only getting into the Republican Uber because the Democratic driver has been Toonsis the driving cat for the better uh, part. Toonsis. No, Toonsis. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going off the road again. Oh, I remember good SNL. Yes. We got 40 seconds. The time just flies. We fill time like crazy, man. I know. We do. Um, really quick on the black issue, I just one thing. Did you see that protest really quick? where the woman whose apartment got shot up confronted the BLM protesters. Oh, my gosh. And they were like, hey, you're still alive. Shut up. The victim speaks and actually has opinions. How dare they? Shouldn't they just listen to the white people outside? Again, you know, LARPing as, as the defenders of black America. It's it's absolutely hideous, but it's that is the democratic approach to crime in America. It's to basically say, victims, shut up. You know, listen to us. <laughs> Defunding the police is good for you, and you're yeah. going to learn to love it. Yeah, well, I'm going to stop you now before we both leave here in a Invisible handcuffs. Good stuff. <laughs> Take me. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Very fitting that we come back on a Sammy Hagar led Van Halen song mm. because this next guest cannot drive 55. <laughs> if there's one thing I know about him, host of the Hammertime podcast, co host of America's Newsroom. Battling Bill Hemmer in the house. Woo! My in man. this corner. Here he is. I would have been here sooner, but uh, the elevators take longer. Have you noticed? They're not your friend here. <laughs> yeah. No, I, they were your friend during when yeah. nobody was when in the When there was the nobody dark. in the building. Yeah, right. But now we don't know were... how to budget for time. <laughs> I agree. And if you ever do this now, this is, a fa- this is fatal now. There used to be a time in this building where you could get in and hit the wrong floor, meaning I'm coming to 15, but I hit one. You know okay, what I mean? I'd okay, go to one, yeah. and I'd be like, oh, what a dummy. Let me get back in. Now that, that elevator's coming, it's like an Uber. Like, you know, <laughs> Frank will be here in a Toyota Sienna in 12 minutes. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? My show starts in three. How about this one? Uh-huh. You know, they have Fox Business on and oh, all the yeah. elevators here. Mm-hmm. And I, I love business news. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of a geek for it, okay. right? So they'll be telling a story during COVID. I just can't get out of the elevator. <laughs> so, Jimmy, I just wait there, and the elevator never leaves the floor. <laughs> and then when the segment's over, the interview's done and mm-hmm. i just hit door open and i just well that's funny those days are gone bro because at least you can get out i've also been on the receiving end of this when i couldn't open the door and someone gets in and they're like oh so you just live in an elevator i get it <laughs> this guy's a squatter this guy's an elevator squatter yeah uh, we've been having yes. a very spirited conversation around inflation and gas and everything in between the question i have for you bill hammer what was your first car mm, oh my first car <clears throat> is easy Ooh. it was a 1973 P Green Grand Torino. Ladies. It was $625. We sold it a year later for $525. Two months into ownership, we realized the rear wheel hubs Uh had been painted, the rust had been painted over. (laughs) And it was time. For the paint to fall off. Oh, no. And it was a mess. <laughs> we put a $700, you know, we're kids. Yeah, uh-huh. We put a $700 stereo mm-hmm. in a $625 car. <laughs> and that thing, we had the power amp. We had, we, we had big uh-huh. speakers. Oh, yeah, you did. That, they weren't mounted like mm-hmm. the cool kids had. Yeah, yeah. They laid on the back seat. <laughs> and that back seat was huge. Yeah, those those were boats. Yeah. Those were battleships back yeah, then. Yeah, what was yours? A Torino. Wow, I had a Chrysler LeBaron. I know nobody mm-hmm. likes to show off, uh, but I had a uh, – it actually, like, it was it was interesting because it prepared me well for cab driving in that the LeBaron I got 
had such a bad alignment situation. It was missing a bearing in the steering column. And so I had to turn right to turn left. Uh-huh. And it was interesting because when I, yeah, when I became a cab driver later in life, you, know, you never knew what you were yeah. getting when you jumped in, whether it was the quality of the car or the dinner somebody left behind or, heaven forbid, some transaction, some illicit vice that took place in the backseat. You know, you got to play the teams on the schedule in cab <laughs> yes, driving. Exactly and there, was, there was always a formidable opponent waiting for you before you even started uh-huh. the car, you know? That's, that's good. So I got it. Well, one of the reasons we were talking you about— You had to turn right before you could this, go So this left. is the deal. You yeah. had, this is what you actually okay. had to do. Yes. You had to spin the wheel yes. right to center the steering to go left. Does this make sense? Now it does. How this car passed inspection— Your alignment sucked. It was the worst. Well, we got it at one of those like used car dealers on Hillside Avenue where they gave you a two-hour, uh, two mm. two-mile warranty. Yeah. It's like, no, we cover the whole car. We got a warranty. <laughs> but they never tell you the length of the warranty. Yeah. It's the minute you leave. <laughs> the minute your check clears. I bet you looked handsome behind We did all right. Wheel. I did all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I didn't quite have your speaker system, but we got a lot that done. something else. Oh, comes Hammer. Well, there's nothing like— there's nothing like those those moments, those first moments of adult autonomy when you're in a car without parental oversight and you're yeah. just out in the world. And I keep thinking as, you know, we deal with gas prices and stuff, none of us ever approach it from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. We talk about how it affects drivers and all of that. No one ever talks about the 18-year-old who just wants to blare whatever Hemmer was blaring. Right. You, I don't know what you were blaring I mean, in that then, era. I mean, it was hard rock and it was, it was right? Rush and it was Springsteen and... Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the sound of the day. Yeah, you were doing all the It wasn't quite stuff. Sammy Hagar, but <laughs> I mean, we were in the same yeah. area code. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, no one ever talks about their plight, Hammer. That, that was one of my big yeah. concerns. And when I hear something like, you know, I was watching Kirby, climate change is an emergency, and Mayor Pete saying, well, you know, the high gas prices, I mean, it's just another benefit to the people like us who have a, a you know, green energy vehicle, EV. Uh, is there's an indifference. There's an indifference to everybody, but mm-hmm. we never discuss the indifference to high school kids. In your opinion, are they showing a little indifference wow. here by not offering yes. a now solution? I must confess that, it, you know, it's a consideration I really haven't given yeah. a, a lot of time to, and mm-hmm. I should. Maybe. Right? I mean, if I was 16, 17 years old, mm-hmm. I'm taking a big chunk out of my wallet. Oh, yeah. If they doubled gas prices when you were 16. Doubled? When I was seven. I mean, I, I mean, it would have cut down on my drinking. That's the good Ooh. news. But, I mean, that's another story. I wasn't much of a drinker. No. Well, that's why no. you're Until I got out of college. That's why you're hosting America's Newsroom. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm that, hanging out here. No, until I got out of college, then things changed. <laughs> and let me tell you, Jimmy. Put up so, the numbers. Uh, that Gran Torino mm-hmm. was split three ways between okay. my brother and my oldest sister. Wow. 200 bucks each. Get out of town. Then my sister goes to college three months later, and she says, I need you guys to buy me out. I need the money. I'm like, <laughs> where was the foresight there? <laughs> so we had to chuck up 100 bucks each. Oh, there was no, like, Twitter lawsuit or anything no, where we tried to pull not. out of the deal, and <laughs> one of the owners was a bot. <laughs> As it turned out, there was only two of us. It was amicable. Bill Hemmer is in studio, elevator enthusiast, Gran yeah. Torino owner. We're talking cars. We're talking climate. It's a good looking car uh when i hear it's a climate emergency that to me sounds like they're trying to just weaponize whatever power they have to get done whatever they can you know what the tail end of this this year reminds me of heading mm. into the midterms Tell me. remember those game shows where they had a shopping spree mm-hmm. they gave you five minutes oh, so you had yeah. to get as much in the cart as you could but whatever got yeah. in the cart you kept 
with the minimal majority they have and the minimal control and, and window they have left to exercise it, I feel like I'm watching a far left shopping spree. Wow. With, um, they're going to try to stuff some climate emergency into the car. That's good. That's good. I think so? the only way it happens is by executive order. I don't know what they're going to do. I read deeply on this earlier today, and, mm-hmm. and the debate at the White House seems to be what can we do and what can we get away with? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we put a poll on the air during mm. our program this morning uh, that I'm sure you watch with Dana and me. Oh, religiously. Uh, um, among the top issues in the recent New York Times poll, climate change had 1%. That's crazy. Among Democrats, it had 3 I, I was like, is this right? They just... and, and the Times? Uh, so, I mean, I ask you, what will yeah. they do? What will mm-hmm. they get done? I think it's the same thing on the uh, the abortion issue. Yep. Um, I think they're trying to craft something that will stand the test of time mm-hmm. legally. Yeah. And that's the holdup right now. Yeah. They're talking about abortion pills. And maybe that happens or maybe it doesn't. But the climate thing only makes sense to me in the following way, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's July. And you know what? It's going to be hot. Yep. It's going to be hot this July. It's going to be hot next July. Yep. It's going to be hot 10 Julys from now, all right? <laughs> it's called summer. Um, I have to think uh-huh. that Democrats raise a lot of money when they go out and hold events yep. that talk about the climate. Yep. And I, I think that's why it happens. Yep. And the, the far left will jump on that bandwagon all the time. All day. But when I hear things, because I agree, but when I hear things like, oh, we might do it through executive order, what kind of power do we have? We're really getting to a dumb place in the country. What I mean by that is an adage in sports, they would say, you know, inconsistency mm. is the hallmark of a bad team. If every time we trade power in this country – Someone's going to pick up a pen and just rewrite the direction of the country. It puts us on a very inconsistent path. It puts us on the path of a bad team. I believe it was Joe Torrey who used to say that. Is that right? Yeah, old Joe Torrey. He'd give you a quote once in a while. Oh, come on. It wasn't like Jeter because Jeter didn't answer questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just said, well, what do you think of the Red Sox this weekend? Well, you know, we just want to play good ball. Yeah, stay within myself. Yeah, no bulletin board material. Yeah, that's interesting. Look, I think Trump did it a lot. Yes, I, I think Obama. I think Obama did it a lot. Um, my recollection on Bush is not as good on that mm-hmm. topic as perhaps it should be. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the last 12, 14 years of the executive branch of government, they've been governing by way of executive yes. order. And both sides are guilty. Yes, absolutely. And I just think we're in a bad spot with that. As far as the Bush thing goes, if only you knew somebody who worked for him who was willing to talk <laughs> about it on TV. Can you uh, give me a minute? I can text. If, if you want a drinking game, you do a shot every time Dana says George Bush or I say taxi, you'd be in bad shape by the end of a day on the Fox. That's right. (laughs) Bill Hammer's in the house. Let me throw this one at you. Uh We're just handicapping now. This is just sports talk radio. We're going back to the old days. The early edition Hammer. This is in the Hammer box set. This is is like the first compact (laughs) disc. It is. Let's be honest. Uh, Just give me Vegas odds, real Vegas odds. Biden runs in 2024. Uh, Today? Yeah. 51-49. Okay. That he does run. Today, yes. Now, is there a part of you that says that? By the way, that was in 52-48. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can put it at 50.5 and 49.5 if you want. Yeah. But as of today, I think it's... I don't think it's anywhere where he's running, but I think we respect you the say dignity. No? Of the, no chance. Zero. I think, I think he's zero chance. You know what it is? When I look at... There's two things. The polling within the party that we've all covered extensively. But the bigger tell to me is when I hear David Axelrod say it's time to step aside. Yeah. When David Axelrod's talking, you know, Obama's lips are moving. It's like a ventriloquist act. Mm. You know, that's Obama's time. 
top strategist. So if Axelrod's openly saying anybody else 2024, I get the feeling the Martha's Vineyard crowd doesn't have the Delaware Rehoboth Beach crowds back. Do you get that feeling? Yeah, I get that feeling. That's right. It's just a short helicopter ride away. If you've been paying attention for the last month, there's a portion of the Democratic Party that has certainly turned on Biden. Yep. There's no question about it. Yep. They were running cover him for him for a year and a half, mm-hmm. including the chaos and Kabul and everything that came from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has changed mm-hmm. in not every circle, but a lot of them. Yep. And, you know, finally, it was the New York Times that jumped on board, Politico, Washington Post. Those, mm-hmm. the, I thought those were your three biggies. Yep. When they start writing pieces with quotes from anonymous people, then you know the tide has turned. That's up. And I really thought two weeks ago, the front page story by Peter Baker, yep. that was like, okay, we're done, <laughs> yeah. we're, and we're looking for names. <laughs> Something's happening And what here. an insult. It would, I mean, if I were Biden and I was on the South Lawn of the White House and a reporter said, Mr. President, what do you think about that poll that said all these Democrats don't want you to run? And he turned and said, that's not what it said, Jack. Now, I probably would not have said Jack. <laughs> However, I may have reacted with a level of vigor and enthusiasm that would have simply yeah. rejected the poll and its findings, mm-hmm. uh, which, is, which is what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what he's thinking inside, mm-hmm. um, but when you go overseas mm-hmm. and a young governor from California <laughs> flies across country <laughs> and makes a decision to go to the White House yep. when the president is mm-hmm. overseas, mm. he wasn't in Scranton, Jimmy. No, he no. was overseas. Yeah. So in between the White House mm-hmm. and the old executive office yep. building, the Eisenhower yep. building, there's, there's a driveway. And typically when you want to sneak in or go in subtly or make no grand entrance, what you would do is drive up that driveway, enter the side door into the White House. Mm-hmm. And what the, uh, what the photographers do, they're, they're perched up on this place called Pebble Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they would train their lenses on a Zoom and catch you for about a two-second walk. Okay. It's like one, two strides, and then boom. You're in, you're in frame. You're out of frame. Okay. And that's what you get. You slow it down or you take a still picture. Gavin Newsom made a decision mm-hmm. to walk toward the front of the building, wave to the photographers, mm-hmm. right, yep. and enter the door that the Marine guards guard. <laughs> that took donuts. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, he walked out with his jacket off over his shoulder. A little bit of that. I mean, the only thing missing was a tape measure for the drapes, no? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a definite sign or a definite signal or call it, it what you like. And when I hear, you know, these conversations that they have met back channel with fundraisers out in L.A., Newsom and Kamala, they don't do that on speculation. They're not showing up saying, hey, if this guy doesn't run, would you like to donate? They're showing up saying, give me money. My, my logic is, I don't know what yours is, but you'll tell me after this. Um, Biden doesn't want to give up the reins. I can't blame him. But there are a lot of people trying to push him aside. Yep, it's and coming. Tr- they're trying to force him to make a decision and for them the sooner yeah of course well to the point of sports strategy this is what i would say and i think looking back this will be the fatal flaw of at least this term he could have put some distance between himself and the crises by firing advisors like afghanistan should have resulted in a firing or two with the minimal maybe a milli okay the same thing when it comes to inflation okay there are firings you fire pal somebody like that you put at least a little diff- a little distance between yourself and the things dragging you down in the polls. Because right now I think their refusal to own failure 
flies in the face of everyone else's eyes, like Afghanistan, selling that as a success really discredited him. He was above water in the polls before Afghanistan. Mm, it was close. close. He was close. My, my reading of the polls were in the summer of 2021, and mm-hmm. you can look at the chart, June to July, things start going south. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that we're going that way because of COVID. Okay. He came in to kill COVID, mm-hmm. and... Away it went. Away it went. New variants. We would... And mm-hmm. The other thing is that he was exposed in a way that he had not been before, and that is can you defend your own policies? Can you defend your own ideas? And when he lacked that ability, people started saying, whoa, what's up here? And that's when the chart starts to go south. And, and, and then mid-August is, is where they eventually went and yeah. have not come back since. That's oh, the way I see it. It is a mess. Having said all of that, do you want to lower those odds to like 4852? No, I'm not today. Yeah. <laughs> I don't you know, I just don't want to get ahead of the story. No, I agree. I agree you know 100%. Now you can get ahead of no, the story. No, no, no. We, and we... your Chrysler LeBaron or <laughs> What was it? It was a Chrysler LeBaron. Yeah. We did have some steering issues. Handsome. But I will have you know the alignment on this show is just fine, Bill Hemmer. I see. You nice. run the car fast. <laughs> We nice. look great under the hood. <laughs> Thank you for classing up the program. I know your Torino is waiting. Thank we'll you, do it brother. again soon, brother. Right on. Thank you, Jimmy. The great Bill Hammer back after this. The show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Thaler. You know, so, uh. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Shout out to the great Bill Hammer. Watch him every day on America's Newsroom. If you missed me on America's Newsroom this week, it is on the Fox Across America Facebook page. We post everything there. I'll be on Gutfeld this Friday. You'll see it. I'll be on with Sandra Smith at the end of today's show on America Reports. We'll post it there as well. Tomorrow we're on Kennedy. Here's some insider trading information that you won't read here or Listen to anywhere else in the building. I'm back on the 5, uh, Labor Day weekend. I'm hosting the Labor Day special on the 5, as we did on the 4th of July, as we did on the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I'm kind of like the party clown they bring in. <laughs> like, you know, the big-name talent wants to go to a barbecue somewhere, hang out at one of their beach houses. So, like, let's throw Fela in a flannel or something to get him on TV, and uh, that's where I'll be. And it's, it's an honor to be your radio rodeo clown, uh, whatever the day, whatever the holiday occasion happens to be. I'm not complaining, okay? I, uh, I've done a lot of weird jobs in my day. You know, I was a telemarketer for a long time selling rare coins. These coins were so rare that even after the people paid for them, they didn't get them in the mail. That can't be good. No, I was. I, was, I worked for some company for a while, literally for two weeks, where when we went to pick up our first paycheck, the woman was taking a perp walk out of the corporation. I'm like, so I guess we're not working today? It was crazy. You know, I've done everything. I've been a ring announcer. You probably didn't know that. I work with the late, great Burt Sugar. Uh, I've, you know, done just about anything you can think of. Stand-up. I was a bartender for one night at JFK Airport, literally one night. Catered at a wedding hall one night. I've done it all. Bounced around a little bit. But I'm here now uh, in what you want to consider to be your forever home. Uh, But the bottom line is, uh, whatever direction we go in in the next hour, Hannah Cox is coming by, whatever the direction the radio rescue dog goes in, he's going to smell insanity. The world is so nuts right now. And I will prove it at the top of the next hour with this debate that's now raging in Washington over invisible handcuffs by women on the left like AOC. AOC is a dope. 
Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you better believe it is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Fired up in this hour, Hannah Cox, political strategist host of Based Politics with the great Brad Palumbo, going to join me in studio to react to yesterday's pretend handcuffing of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. AOC is a dope. A lot of people feel that way, but we've got to discuss it in this hour because it happened for a reason. And that reason is, long story short, the abortion issue has not been the political anvil the Democrats hoped it would be. He knows what he's talking about. Which is why you're getting performative stupidity like Democrats pretending to be handcuffed, as they did in the squad, who all, by the way, all reside in states that will not be losing their abortion rights. OK, that's just reality. They're not they're not not even going away. Okay, but the problem is the Democrats have sold a bag of goods to the American public in terms of what the overturning of Roe versus Wade constituted. And now they find themselves in a very difficult position of having to sell in a world where nobody is buying what they're selling. That's true. That is true. Which is why you get all of this. 888-788-9910. That's the phone number if you want to be a part of this shindig. It's also the phone number if you don't want to be a part of this shindig. I mean, personally, I think that would be great radio. Call in and tell me why you don't want to listen to the show anymore. I would find that funny. Trust me, you'll never be as harsh as the voices in my head. Man. Oh, boy. Wow. What a time to be me. But as we kick off this hour, uh, things are looking up. I will close today's show by running down to America Reports and doing a little TV with Sandra Smith. Tomorrow you'll see me on Kennedy. Friday I will be on Gutfeld with our lovable comedy dwarf Greg Gutfeld. And, of course, hold on now, Lincoln Fela, Jenny Fela, both making an appearance on Friday's show. Yeah, you say that. You clap because you don't have to live with these people. Shut your mouth. Whatever. Now's no time to shut me up. But if you want to shut up a couple of Democrats, I'm going to go all over the map here. Let's start with Gavin Newsom, of all people, out in Los Angeles. Gavin Newsom, if you remember, just declared an indoor mask mandate is back in action. That's what he declared at a time when he's running commercials in Florida, telling them that their freedoms are under attack by Ron DeSantis. He himself taking away people's freedom. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Okay, government mandates are back. A mask mandate is a precursor to a lockdown. It's a precursor to a school closure. It's a exercise in power that does nothing to help the people they purport to care about. Why is this worth noting? Because it's no differently than what happened yesterday with AOC getting fake handcuffed. It doesn't actually help abortion rights. It doesn't do anything to help a woman who's in a crisis pregnancy. Okay, but they're not here to help women. They're here to get clicks on their Instagram videos. They're here for more relevance. That's the problem with AOC. You'll often hear me say on this show, you've never heard me have on people I consider to be political carnival barkers. 
I might meet Lauren Boebert and think she's brilliant. I might think she's funny and sweet and silly, but I'm going to have to meet her and draw that conclusion before I have her on my show because I feel like her and Marjorie Taylor Greene are almost like right-wing AOCs. The only difference is Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene are pretty intelligent when it comes to their grasp of issues. You know, they can talk to you about substance. They're not going to pretend handcuff themselves to make a point like that jackass AOC. That was embarrassing. But all of this stuff is performative in that it's not being designed to help anybody other than the person performing. Here's Gavin Newsom explaining why Democrats have to put Republicans on defense. Clip 15. And that's what party needs to come in. Democrats need the Democratic Party, not the president, not a speaker, not a elected office holder. The party, the infrastructure, I think has to organize with more ferocity of focus, more determination to set the agenda, set the course, and put the other party on the defense. They are dominating the narrative. The facts aren't on their side, but they're dominating the narrative. And in this world right now, you dominate the narrative, you win. And that's what I'm worried about, and that's what I'm expressing. Oh, Gavin Newsom, come on, man. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. First of all, the facts the facts aren't on their side. When it comes to the Republican Party, here are the facts. Okay, I'll give, give you the facts on any issue. But the bigger point I'm trying to make, and we'll get into those facts is Gavin Newsom wants the Democrats to get more aggressive. Why? To help the Democrats? To help voters? No, because he wants to run in 2024. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, that's why he wants them to do his bidding. He's telling Democrats, get out there and fight. Get more ruthless. Set the country on fire. It's not enough that Joe Biden said anybody who doesn't agree with him on the Voting Rights Act is Jim Crow on steroids. It's not enough that we're calling this a pandemic of the unvaccinated, literally dividing society, pitting them against unvaccinated Americans, despite the fact that vaccinated and boosted people are getting a higher rate of COVID transmission than anybody else out there. No, no, that's not ruthless enough. It's not enough to say the cops are all a bunch of racist murderers, indiscriminately killing black people for sport. No, the Democrats need to fight harder. It's not enough to crush your small business. It's not enough to deny kids the right to an education. You've got to get even angrier. Do you understand? He is calling on the Democratic Party to destroy society even more than they have for his own political gain down the road. He wants to turn this apple cart upside down. He wants this to be about character assassinations because he knows he can't run on anyone's democratic record of governance. Look at California. You will not I'm not I'm not happy to say this. California is a beautiful state, you know, in terms of geography, but they've run it into the ground. Jenny and Lincoln and I, everywhere we go, okay, we don't have a lot of money. I didn't grow up with a lot of money, but I drove a lot as a cab driver. I drive 84 hours a week, so I love to drive. It's like my favorite thing in the world to do. So anywhere we go, we just rent a convertible and drive. We find something to eat, talk about what we're going to eat at the next place and drive. We play music and we drive. That's all we do. We were not a mile outside of LAX last week in LA when Jenny spotted our first guy pooping on a sidewalk. Disgusting. Disgusting. And I'm sorry I had to say that to you, but it's just the reality of the state Gavin Newsom is running. He knows he can't run for president in 2024 on Make America Poop Again. Can't do it. Can't do it. Okay. They have a record level of drug use in that country right now. You won't pass an overpass and not see 200 tents living underneath it. You won't walk a boardwalk and not see hundreds of people strung out on drugs, actual zombies. Do you ever wonder 
when you were watching the Michael Jackson thriller video back in the day where all of those zombies went when Michael Jackson got done dancing? They all went to the boardwalk in Venice, and they're just hanging out there. This happening under Gavin Newsom's watch because he has subsidized that poverty, that deterioration in the quality of life in California. It's disgusting. So he doesn't want to run on that. He also doesn't want to fix it. He just wants the Democrats to get madder at Republicans. No, we won't solve the junkies. Who cares that school kids are stepping over syringe needles on their way to school in Hollywood, which is happening? Who cares that in San Francisco your kid gets off a bus and there's three hobbits waiting for him? None of that matters. You know, that the murder rates are spiking, that the rates of armed robbery are spiking, that the rapes of rape are spiking. No, no. What we need to do is yell at Republicans. That's what Gavin Newsom is doing. And again, he's doing it in the name of what? I'm going to help people. Who's he going to help? Who's he going to help? Are you ready? It's going to help Gavin Newsom if it works, which brings me to AOC. Okay, and understand the facts of every issue I just outlined. Every issue, every issue. Get mad at the cops. Defund the police. The cops. Come on, man. You know it. I know it. The cops are racist. We don't have any stats. Gavin Newsom says the facts are not on the Republican side. The Republicans who stuck up for cops in the face of all the George Floyd riots, the facts were on the Republican side. That cops shoot white people at almost five times the rate of any other ethnicity, and it doesn't even, when you account for population, it doesn't even change if you break it down on a percentage basis. Okay, when it comes to the facts on vaccination, something else I cited. The Democrats want you to believe getting vaccinated is not a personal choice. You've got to do it for the people around you because if you get, you know, you don't get vaccinated, you can spread COVID. You're going to kill somebody's grandma because, you know, if you do get vaccinated, according to the Democrats, you can't spread COVID. Okay, people with people who have been vaxxed and boosted three times, like Dr. Fauci, are getting COVID left and right. So getting vaccinated is a personal choice. Facts are on their side. When it comes to indoor mask mandates, like Gavin Newsom has, does anybody have a study that says indoor mask mandates have lowered the rates of transmission? The answer would be no. Of course not. In fact, in those Republican-run states like Florida where they didn't lock down, didn't mandate masks, didn't mandate vaccines, okay, they wound up with better COVID rates, both in terms of transmission, hospitalization, and death than they did out in California where Gavin Newsom locked down everybody and then went out to dinner at the French Laundry. That's just how white folks will do you. So when he says the facts aren't on their side, he's lying. He's completely, I'm totally 100% full of Which brings me to AOC. Okay, facts aren't on her side either. She wants you to believe what? We've got to chase Supreme Court justices out of restaurants because half the country is going to die of ectopic pregnancies. If, in fact, the Republicans get their way. You're alive. Okay, an ectopic pregnancy is when a baby is being formed outside of a woman's uterus. Because only a woman can have a baby. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Don't let anybody shame you and socially pressure you into believing otherwise. Because we all know the truth. But stick with me. AOC wants you to believe what? Oh, ectopic pregnancy is going to get people killed. Do you know it's illegal in all 50 states? Okay, they to not treat an ectopic pregnancy. Why? Because if it were to carry the term outside of the uterus, it would kill the mother. So there's no, no, zero zip silch, not a single solitary state, not of the 50 in this country that don't treat an ectopic pregnancy. This has nothing to do with the Roe versus Wade overturning. Okay, you know what else has nothing to do with Roe versus Wade getting overturned? This is going to blow your mind. But Roe versus Wade getting overturned was not a ruling on abortion. Oh, 
The Supreme Court justices didn't vote abortion good, abortion bad. What they voted was taking the choice away from each individual state was an end around the Constitution. Correct the mundo. That's all it meant. Overturning Roe versus Wade did not ban abortion. Doctors aren't going to jail. People aren't getting denied treatment for miscarriages. People aren't dying from ectopic pregnancies. What they're doing is returning to the laws already a place in their states, which means if you live in a liberal state like AOC or Ilhan Omar, guess what? Still got abortion. Nothing changed when Roe versus Wade was overturned other than the amount of performative stupidity we've seen from the left. And all of that performative stupidity isn't being done by AOC and the invisible handcuff crowd for any other reason than to help their own visibility. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hannah Cox making her debut in the next break. Batting lead off her opening act down in Fairfax, Virginia. James is on the phone. Yo, James! Hey, Jimmy, how you doing? I love your truth, and I, I love your show. Oh, buddy, thank you for that, man. You read that just the way I wrote it down, so thanks. I'll, <laughs> I'll send you the 20 You're bucks welcome. later. <laughs> well, we're, listen, man, we're having fun, and one thing I will add to what you just said, and I appreciate the kind words, is I, I think if you care about the country right now, you have to have our disposition, because being mad at everybody, it's not helping. No, it's not. That's the problem. And we've got, you know, now people are getting handcuffed invisibly. This isn't good, James. No, it's not. (laughs) Hey, really quick, before you make your point, can I ask a question? Is it possible that AOC really did get handcuffed by the same invisible man Biden keeps shaking hands with? Ooh, that's. That's compelling. It could be. <laughs> I know it's deep for the beginning of the call, but I just want to throw it out there because you're, you know, you're a smart guy. You know things. They're both imaginary. <laughs> Too funny. Um, have you been following her claim about the ectopic pregnancies? Yes, I have. Okay. 
Uh, are you throwing the challenge flag like I am, or am I missing something? I sure am. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and you say this why? Because abortion is not used to treat ectopic pregnancy. Boom. And abortion is has one function only, and that is to remove a conceptus from the uterus, either chemically or mechanically. Mm-hmm. Ectopic pregnancy is treated by surgery. They mm-hmm. have to go in and remove the conceptus from inside the body mm-hmm. because the pregnancy is outside the uterus, and it's most commonly in the fallopian tube. It's crazy. And, and the fact that we're not discussing this with that level of honesty means abortion doesn't even apply in this, is, in this instance, and that's why she's no, out there getting arrested. Okay, I had Dr. Nicole Sapphire on with me last week on Outnumbered. She actually made the point on the radio, too, that every state has to treat that type of pregnancy just because the mother's life is in danger. That's correct. Isn't it crazy that they're so shamelessly, like, gaslighting the country and convincing them that this stuff is because I believe me, I know a lot of people where I live in New York who are passionate about this, who believe AOC and like, oh, no, you know, you conservatives are killing women. And to be honest with you, no, every in every instance, our side of the argument is protecting life. And yes, that's why I wanted to put that out there. So you can contradict with facts that abortion is not used to treat ectopic pregnancy. Yeah, well, you listen. You don't want too many facts on this show. Then I got to start working harder. You know what I mean, James? It's it's more it's more fun the way we discussed it earlier. But now, now you got me working for a living. I kid. Uh, we're working on uh, a live event down in uh, Virginia because we're on you know the legendary WNIS in Norfolk, and uh, you might see me down in your neck of the woods this fall. So I hope you show up and and have a beer with us or something. Cool. I look forward to it. There you go. All right. Drinks on James. Good call, buddy. We'll do it again soon. Uh, James makes a brilliant point, man. Abortion does not even apply in this instance. Yet AOC is out there with a straight face telling you ectopic pregnancies are going to get women killed because of this new law. What an idiot. Like we really are. We're living in the death of shame because you got to understand we live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. If you tell them, okay, that this is happening, Republicans don't care if women die, that gets them emotional. They adopt it as fact. They want to kill somebody, and that doesn't help anybody. So I'm going to keep doing what I can to lower the thermostat, which is a fancy way of saying not necessarily dumbing it down because I wouldn't know how to dumb it up. Hannah Cox might. She joins us next. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up to talk to this next guest. I tell you from time to time, our booker just likes to show off. He just likes to show the audience, show the suits, what kind of pull he has. And he has landed a big one this time around. Co-host of Based Politics with the adorable. I mean, well, you talk about a snack. Brad Palumbo is a snack. <laughs> I know. He outshines me. But here in studio now is just a true national treasure, uh, the great Hannah Cox in studio. Hey, girl. Good to see you, Jimmy. This is kind of a big deal. Yeah. This we've is been our, wanting our, to do this. Yeah, it's our radio sleepless in Seattle. Like, we've talked on the TV a bunch, yep. but we had always planned that rendezvous. Mm-hmm. And this is that moment. Yeah, and not, now we get to have, like, a longer-form conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not quite as glamorous as, like, meeting on top of the Empire State Building like they do in that movie, but we have, like, toys and stuff. You know what? I actually prefer this. I think it's got its own little unique kind of hinge to it. So (laughs) let me tell you about the superpower of radio. Okay, is it really does give you the time to 
kind of see what a person's true personality is in a way that TV doesn't. TV has a, an assembly line vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, who you mad at, why, get out of here. Up right. next, when we come back, here's a picture of the next guy. Uh, but in radio, you have a lot more latitude conversationally to kind of get to know people, which is amazing. Except on the days when it's not. <laughs> I have had people on who can't break their performative partisan character. Mm. So, like, you could literally bring them on with, like, well, what's the best M&M? Is it peanut? Is it plain? And they're like, well, can we even have M&Ms? <laughs> <laughs> Will Trump let us have Will Biden let us have them? What's the point? Biden can't have M&Ms. You probably can't chew them. I'm like, dude, just answer the M&M question. <laughs> Half the people hate you already. Can you work with me here? So we do get that. So this one of my favorite things about you is this, like, we're just homies. Yeah. We can just, we can just be. Well, yeah, I always say there's all these people who just can't turn it off in politics, and mm-hmm. I often have people who meet me and they find out, like, I didn't even come from politics. I came yeah. from music. Yeah. I, we have the entertainment background kind of mm-hmm. thing in common, and, and people need to learn to turn it off and actually be a real person and actually get to know the people that they're Imagine. trying to preach to. Imagine. Well, that's why you are one of my favorite um, persons with the capacity for pregnancy. That's <laughs> Thank you. When I think of persons with the capacity for pregnancy. I'm up there. How, I mean, this is what I always wonder about this issue. Uh, and I, I can, from what I can tell, you're not handcuffed, but I know they are invisible these days, they so are. you never know. Yeah, they speak uh, But can you confirm for my audience that you are not shackled right now for this interview? <laughs> I'm not shackled, not one bit. Do you think on some level, let's start there, do you think they're getting more performative? Because the issue isn't the needle mover they thought it would be. Meaning everybody who put on invisible handcuffs yesterday (laughs) resides in a state where they're not losing their abortion rights. And I think maybe that reality is setting in and now they're just trying to find new theatrical ways to bring attention to the issue. But I don't think anybody cares on the level they think they should. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think they're cosplaying activism, honestly. And it's it's kind of offensive because as somebody who's actually gone and passed real bills and Mm -hmm. like actually works for people who are being oppressed by the government, it's like, come on, guys. Like, this is not the oppressive state you're making it. That seem and if it actually is, you of all people are in the position of power to change it. Go do your job. Imagine. I mean, can you imagine if Congress actually passed bills? These no, days? would you stop <laughs> it? What are you doing? You know what? It's so funny. But if you ever get, whenever you get a new job, right? Mm-hmm. You always, no matter what the job is, you always figure out that like eighty-five percent of the people there have figured out what the bare minimum is they need to do to keep their job. Yeah, that is government in mm-hmm. a nutshell. Mm-hmm. It's just a microcosm of everything else. Eighty-five percent of the people there are doing nothing. Ten percent of them I consider part of the uniparty, mm-hmm. meaning they have an R or a D next to their names, but they're just you know working on establishment, big government nonsense. Yeah. And then you got some people out there trying to make moves. But most of them aren't really trying to make moves. I mean, they're trying to make macaroni and cheese on Instagram. I mean, it's something. They're making something. I don't want to deny them that. They yeah. are producing. They're making money. Yeah. Oh, they're making big schkadon. But they're not actually, you know, it's another thing, though. They're not really making a forum for an honest debate on the abortion issue. Because mm-hmm. when you break this down, you know, in terms of polling, the one thing they've sold the country is that repealing Roe versus Wade criminalized abortion, banned abortion, not the fact that it just returned to the state's rights. But maybe you could speak to this a little bit. When you actually get into what people support, they don't support what the Democrats are now embracing, which is like abortion on demand. It's like the Amazon abortion app. You just click it whenever you want. If you have Prime, you'll have it in five minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's where public sentiment is. Could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, it's absolutely not. And I've said this for some time. I think everybody is mostly in the middle in this country, and yet the loudest voices are on the fringes on the left and right. And so I think most people don't want to see total bans on abortion. I also think nobody wants to see people aborting babies at six, seven, eight months old. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, there was a bill that was introduced shortly before Roe got overturned that had 
some GOP support that would have basically uh, passed a limited sort of abortion bill. But Democrats weren't happy with that because it didn't go far enough into the term. And so they wouldn't play ball. And that's why they don't have a bill now. And that's been the case for decades. So, so crazy. Yeah. And meanwhile, you know, the rest of Europe... And this is really funny. I don't know if you saw this, but you saw people in France were protesting our abortion laws. Meanwhile, theirs are capped at like 14 weeks. And it's like these bills are the same thing you have in Europe. Hey, dummy. Yeah. You know, it's true. Like a Mississippi bill would just be like a Germany bill. Yeah. No, Here, exactly. We're, yeah, we're like, oh, it's a war on women. Right. Like, oh, well, then you probably shouldn't threaten the move to Germany. Yeah. Because it's not going to work out. I believe they cap around 12 weeks. Most people do. I mean, that's mm-hmm. plenty of time for you to know that you're pregnant. It, mm-hmm. it really kind of gets that first trimester in there. So if you have a miscarriage or some of these other things people are sort of hand-wringing about, all of that is is kind of under that window. So there's really nothing to be up in arms about. I mean, I, there might be a handful of states where this is really a situation that's going to impact women's medical care. But as mm-hmm. a whole, it's been very hyperbolic. And I do think you're right. I think that they thought this would be the thing to get people out to vote yeah, yeah. for them this November, and I don't think that's going to happen. Nobody cares, dude. No. I mean, it's like, you know, their biggest abortion issue right now is they can't afford gas to get there. Right. It's like, you gotta, if you're hitchhiking to the abortion clinic, you can't really make the clinic the priority. <laughs> it's like, I, I just want to start my car. That's all I ask. But at the same time, there's this other juxtaposition that I find so fascinating, which is we are having this, you know, kind of gender moment if you will, where Merriam-Webster is now changing the definition of the word women, uh, woman to accommodate this, this insanity. But it's happening at the same time we're debating a woman's right to choose. Mm-hmm. And I, do people just not hear themselves? Do they not care? Because I feel like it is a binary choice in this instance. Normally I embrace nuance on this show. But if you're telling me a woman, it's a woman's right to choose but anyone can be a woman – I, I don't think you can have it both ways there. Yeah, they've gotten real caught up on that lately. All yeah. of a sudden they know what a woman is, and it's very <laughs> crystal clear who this is impacting. And, you know, the whole thing around the trans rights issues, like, it tends to kind of bug me just because I think there's so many bigger problems in society and in yeah. government. But when it comes to some of this, I think there's a way to be kind to people yeah. and to be sympathetic and to support adults' rights to choose their own pathway. Yeah. Without diminishing women, taking away the struggles of women, you know, I I gave uh, testimony before the Senate a couple months ago here, and they were running around talking about how they're giving all this money to women and women businesses and how they're our saviors and they're helping us. It's like, no, government has been the source of our oppression for decades when I was born. We're hooking you up, girl. Yeah, we got you. You're not hooking me up. You're not hooking me up. When I was born in 87, you wouldn't let me open or get a loan for a business without a man. Like, you know, and so it's, it's kind of ridiculous. And and I'm really sort of sick of that because women have had to struggle in this country, and I think that that should be celebrated how far they've come. And and when you start to erase women and and that unique struggle Mm -hmm. that we've been through, I find it a little offensive. It's a little. So so does that mean you were not uh, voting for Leah Thomas for NCAA Woman of the Year? No, definitely not. With all due respect, because I do want to clarify. What you said is true, and it is the official position of myself in that we do, of course, tolerate and welcome their right to exist and flourish in society. Mm -hmm. It just seems like what they're selling us as inclusion is becoming very exclusionary of, like, the truth and and of women. Yeah, and here's what it really is. It's Mm -hmm. it's an erasure. They're trying to erase individualism, right? And that's what I really think it comes down to. It's this Mm -hmm. very collectivist, everybody's the same, there's no distinguishing factors, Mm -hmm. because that is their worldview, and that is where they ultimately want to move this country. 
injury. Yep, that's a great point, is that everything is just a branding exercise now, and mm-hmm. that's how they move numbers politically. We're talking to the brilliant Hannah Cox, co-host of Based Politics with the snack, Brad Palumbo. <laughs> Me and Palumbo are supposed to do some radio forever also. But Good they, luck getting him out of his house. Yeah, no, Palumbo, he's living in the People's Republic of Palumbo. Like, I'm aware. Yeah. Like, yeah. on the off chance when I see him on, like, a Kennedy panel or something, uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, that guy's got his own universe. And yeah. I love it about him. He's my favorite. He's a great one. He's not leaving his house. <laughs> is that a, <laughs> he's just one of those guys? Yeah. He loves being at home. Oh, I was going to say, is there, like, an ankle bracelet involved? No. <laughs> I've got a producer on this show. If we come within 500 feet of a school, like, that thing is yeah. coming. It's, it's loud. Down. You yeah. know what's so funny is Brad is stone cold sober, like, does yeah. not drink at all. And oh. the number of people who send us hate mail saying he looks like he's coked out is <laughs> hilarious to me. <laughs> We get it every week. So people clearly think he looks like a criminal in uh-huh. some way, but no, he's he's just home with his dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that though. There's I, I there's something to be said for having that look. Like back in the day I always used to get those emails like thought you might like this, bro. <laughs> and you click on it, it's the most heinous thing you've ever seen. And you're like, what vibe am I giving off? Right. Like walking down the street. Why do you think I'm a pervert? Yeah, like beyond a pervert. <laughs> pervert would be a best case scenario. People are really depraved. I think that's another problem with the internet though. I do. I think it's become more important to demonstrate empathy than it mm. is to have it. Yeah. And I don't think there is a lot of genuine empathy out there anymore. I think we've been able to like unperson people who think differently than us. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a convenience that we're married to that's kind of facilitating this. Like political disagreement wasn't the biggest thing in the world. Even when, you know, you you said you were born in 87. Mm-hmm. So not that you were politically active in 95 when no. you were, you know, playing My Little Pony or whatever Hannah Cox was into. I don't want to gender your toys. I don't know. <laughs> I have a He-Man there. We're wondering if we could, you could make a toy called He-Man. Yeah. That's I, I they, them? What is that toy? I, I don't even know. I'm not sure what that is. That's I've never a zero. That in my life. <laughs> I definitely wasn't playing with that as a child. No, you weren't rocking with He-Man or Battle Cat. I respect that. That's fine. You got to have your own thing. I feel like that toy's coming on to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's aggressive. Yeah. He's got several HR violations. Him and the yeah. pro wrestler next to them. Yeah. It's not good. We're not proud. We're not proud of the work being done there. Uh, but I do feel like on some level, okay, uh, we've gotten to this other place where political disagreement is is just inconvenient. Like our life comes to us so quickly now. If you want something, you hit a button on your phone. So the idea that someone's standing in front of you going, yeah, but it's just so much easier to be like, well, what if we just banish them to the island of Crete (laughs) and I just never see them again? Much better. Yeah, but it's weird because this is the point I was trying to make, okay? I believe that we're on the tail end of what we used to collectively call cancel culture. Meaning I do think it's lost its power on some yeah. level because we know the people behind them. No po- no political party really wants to own that. They don't want to be that thing because nobody wants to hang out with that. You know, mm-hmm. it's very negative. You're never going to be at a party and go, I can't wait till the guy who gets offended at everything shows up. That right. never makes the party better. When you're getting yelled at for cultural appropriation for having taco dip and you might not be Latina. No, I just like taco dip. Would you <laughs> shut up? You know, but I feel like we're on the tail end of that. But I feel like that was only possible because the Internet – basically robbed so many people of their empathy. Like the Mm -hmm. currency you accrued, like the digital dopamine of likes, became so much more of an enticement than stopping to think, hey, I don't know this person who told this joke. I don't know their family. I don't know how active they are in the community or maybe they're doing some good in the world. How about we just fire them and destroy them? Yeah. Like I just want to hope that we've at least made it to that place. Like I think we're screwed. I think the world's on fire. But I think maybe we got into a place where we'll show some restraint over who we throw into the flames. Or do you think no at a time when we're still putting on invisible handcuffs and doing all the performative silliness you described? Where do you think we are? I mean, Americans hate each other. Let's be clear. But I think one thing. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy was going for a kumbaya. I think like, one hell thing. No. <laughs> 
If we agree on one thing, though, we hate Karens more, right? Yeah, and I you. think that that's where we're at. As a, and I can live with that yes. because Karens need to go away. Mm-hmm. They need to. They, they're the only ones that actually need to be banished. Leave yep. people alone. Mm-hmm. Get a life. Get a hobby. Get a friend, a pet, something uh-huh. to fill up the void that is very apparent in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are sick of it. And as a whole, I think it's lost its power because it's like the boy who cried wolf. When you call everybody racist, everybody problematic, nobody listens to you anymore. That's a great point, Hannah Cox. That's why I also think abortion wasn't the needle mover. Mm-hmm. It's because people have heard this is going to get us all killed. This is going to too many times to care. Yeah. And that's why and that's why you're wearing invisible handcuffs. Well, it's crazy. And honestly, with abortion, you know, it's been declining for decades. That's mm-hmm. the thing the pro-life movement actually didn't even elevate as yeah. I thought they should have. As yeah. birth control became more available, as people became more educated, let's not act like yeah. it's so impossible to not get pregnant when you don't want to be pregnant. I'm yep. 35. I've managed to not get pregnant when I didn't want to be pregnant. You Speak know? for yourself. I've gotten pregnant three <laughs> times. <laughs> Can happen these yeah. days for men. As a, as a guy, it's rough, man. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm late right now and I'm a little nervous. I'm not not gonna lie to you. Yeah, you never know. I should probably go buy a test. Uh, thank you for this. It was the best. Absolutely. Everything I thought it would be. We'll do it again. <laughs> Let's do it all the time. The legendary Hannah Cox. Check out Based Politics. Go to Brad Palumbo's house if you want to see him in person. <laughs> it's the only way it's gonna happen. We're back after this. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. And no, it does not sound like the great Hannah Cox will be voting Leah Thomas for the NCAA's Woman of the Year. Uh, nor should she be eligible to win Woman of the Year because there are, in fact, biological differences between men and women. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. It's so crazy how stupid this debate has become. And again, I am not speaking as someone who doesn't recognize the rights of trans people to exist. Of course they should. This is America. Out of many, one. E pluribus unum. We're all supposed to be free-range chickens. Individualism. Do your thing. Do you remember the old song, It's Your Thing? Do what you want to do. I can't tell you who to sock it to. That's whole thing. Fine. Great. But what they're doing now is they're selling you inclusion 
in a very exclusionary manner. Meaning, oh, no, you got to, you know, you don't like trans people if you don't like men, let men beat women in swimming matchups. You know, and that's bananas. Okay, it's not supposed to be a thing. But getting past that is the fact that they're trying to take this ideology and force it on your children. That's what the left is doing. Yeah, we got to need to teach sex ed to kids between the ages of kindergarten and third grade. They're crazy. I mean, they really are because kids shouldn't be anywhere near that. And you've heard me say this on the show before, but I'll say it again anyway. Okay, when I was growing up, we had a word for people who wanted to teach sex ed to kindergartners. They were called, oh, I don't know, perverts. Correct the mundo. I mean, seriously, if someone came over to your house and was like, no, no, I'm going to teach sex ed to your kindergartner. I'll babysit. You go to the movies. I'll babysit and teach sex ed. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. That's exactly what your reaction would have been when you weren't busy punching them in the face. Dude, I'm just telling you because I care. We've gotten to a really stupid place in our politics. I'll do my part. I try to keep the mood light, have a few yucks. The minute this show goes off the air, you'll see me sprint across the hall and do America Reports with Sandra Smith, if you're into that sort of thing. And the mood will always be light. We take the world serious. We don't take ourselves seriously at all because we're just trying to help, man. Everybody's such a nutbag right now. And that's why I say every damn day on this program, when you get on the air, whether you call in, whether you listen, doesn't matter how you consume the show. Most of the people who like me are cooking meth in a Winnebago, Walter White style right now. But wherever you're cooking your meth or driving your truck or listening in your office, whatever you do, man, be a Republican, go out there, be a Democrat. All I ask is that you don't be a Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.